0: Doctor, look! Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew.
1: Clear.
2: Hey, welcome everybody. It's Doctor Homebrew. Thanks for tuning in to this weird-ass show uh, where you are our friend. You're our best friend. We're going to invite you into our club. And we're going to invite
3: you to send us beer.
2: That's right.
4: And we're going to drink it and tell you about it while you don't drink it with us.
3: And we just tell you about stuff we're drinking. That that's people right. gave us.
2: And then you have to call us uncle. That's we're, the other we're, how part How cool is that? Yeah. We're
3: like your best friend at the bar that really knows his beer or at least pretends like he really does. Mm.
2: That is 100% true. Brian, how do people send us beer, by the way?
3: Well, you would email... Brian at the Brewing dot com and I got that email before Brian Two joined us, so I think if he gets his email on the Brewing Network it'd have to be Brian Two or uh Shar or Esquire or something different. Right. Yeah, but
4: I, I haven't had a brewing network email in like a year and it's worked out okay, so
3: I'm prob I'm probably fine. I think you're doing <laughs> yeah. all right. You You're just, better uh, than
2: most, Brian. Yeah. That
3: right now. If you want to contact Brian, just go on schmuck.com. <laughs> <laughs> look look for
4: look for my picture on a bus bench somewhere <laughs> near you with uh, injured question mark.
2: <laughs> yes. I can't help you with that,
4: but <laughs> eager car chasing <laughs> lawyer. If you have exactly. an idea
2: for that you want patented, please contact me.
4: Char at CrossPondLaw.com. There we
2: go. Free plugs. There you go. <laughs> I, pl- I plugged
4: my pluggables. There you go. Have you invented a square version of the wheel? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> don't, don't call me with that one. That's, mm. I, I have some other guys so I can refer you to on that.
2: <laughs> um, on the show today, we have Christopher with a Pilsner, and we have another Chris with an American Strong Ale, which apparently is an Arrogant Bastard clone or something like that. Yeah, right I believe right? it is. We'll have to talk yeah. to him about that. And that's um, Chris we had on the previous show, too, with the American Stout. So if, if this beer is anything like the American Stout, I think we're going to like yeah. it.
3: Mm-hmm. Chris is a repeat offender, as we like to call them here on the show. <laughs> that's
2: right. <laughs> but before we get to any of our offenders, I want to thank Five Star Chemicals. Go to FiveStarChemicals.com. They will help you. That's just it. If you have any questions at all, if you need if you need help with like rent control or if you want to like uh, need help picking out a pressure washer, if you need help changing your oil, if you need yeah. help sighing into the microphone, they can help you with all of that kind of stuff. You know so what? go to 5starchemicals.com today, right now, do it. Look at all the fun stuff that they have. There's actually a lot of uh, information, uh, technical information on there too. And yeah. They do a lot of uh, write-ups on, on how to use their products properly and all that kind and, of stuff. And so, you'll see in all the,
3: all the sh- the the home brewing or brewing-related shows, I'm sure they do the Craft Brew uh, 1, 2. Uh, craft Brewers Conference? Craft Brewers yeah, I think conference that they do, thing. yeah. Um, I, have, I saw them there last yeah, year. So, so, and, yeah. you know, just go up to them and say hi. I, I find that when I... I go up and talk to them. I always have good chemistry with those people. They're nice nice people. Nice chemistry. I'm
4: picking up what you're putting down. That's pretty basic.
3: Nah. I'm in
4: charge. I I don't have a chemistry pun, and I'm the last one, and I don't have one handy.
2: That's fine. Howling into the microphone is equally Uh, as good as a chemistry pun. Damn it. (laughs) Um, You know what? I think we're. So I I know for a fact we're drinking a beer, uh, but I forget which Chris sent it. I think it's the first Chris. And we are drinking. We're knocking on Beth's window. Chris V.
3: We're looking for Chris V. pills, yep. um,
2: but he oh, sent yeah. along a, a bottle of Bourbon County Stout to the Goose Island, whatever, from 2017. Yeah. That's yeah. and so I decided. Let's just open it and we'll we'll sip on it along this journey of uh, homebrew that we have. Our together. journey
4: of self-discovery and self-actualization. Yeah, via homebrew.
2: It's not bad. It's still very very hot, but I mean I I can see why people like it. It's but it, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I I think I don't want to like it because it's it's Goose Island because it's a Budweiser. I want to not like it because yeah. of that.
3: No, it's a it's a well made product. You get know, yeah. a little, little as it ages, you get a little more of the soy sauce kind of character in that. Yeah, it's um
2: it's coming, but there's that really there's a very nice chocolate character coming mm-hmm. through that yeah. that is uh, yeah. quite pleasant.
4: I agree that it's still a little hot, but it's still young yeah. for a, a bourbon barrel, a big bourbon beer like this. This is still pretty young.
2: Yeah, it's three years old. Actually, t- I think technically two. two, because it comes out later in the year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, let's take a quick break, everybody, and then we're going to get right back on the line with Christopher, and he's going to tell us all about his Pilsner, we're going to drink it, we're going to have a good time, and we're going to walk away best friends. Hang We're going to have
4: a good time?
1: We're having a good time now. We'll man. be right back. I'm sorry to tell you this,
0: but we're gonna have to pour you out. Back to
2: Dr. Homebrew. Alright everybody, thanks a lot for sticking with us on the phone. We should have Christopher. Christopher, are you there? I am, hey. Hey, what's going on, dude?
1: No, I'm not sure you.
2: Yeah, not too bad. Just sitting here. In a very warm and uh, sweaty studio with uh, two other men,
3: and boy, it's it's late at night here. Yeah. It's you know we're it's a we're, good time. We're staring down the ten o'clock hour here. Wow. <laughs> um. That sounds great.
2: Yeah, it is pretty good time, man. Uh, let me grab a bottle of Pilsner, and uh, Brian Cooper can fill some time. Hang uh, on.
3: Please. Wait, I got the second bottle here. There was, so we had one with kind of a low fill. But um, do you have another one? Sure.
4: Okay, yeah.
3: Three bottles, baby. There we
4: Actually, while well, you're killing time talking about bottle fill, Christopher, where, uh, are you in a homebrew club? I'm not. So You are you are yet another lone wolf uh, on the AHA's watch list of <laughs> potential uh, homebrew uh, offenders. All right. Yeah.
1: You got Don't it. do flag me. Or yeah. potential homebrew <laughs> yeah,
4: stars. Right. I mean, the TSA might uh, have to give you a hard time getting on a plane if you're a lone wolf homebrewer. I'm just saying. Right. Hell yeah,
2: they would. Um so Pilsner, have you have you done a Pils before? Is this a new a new beer for you?
1: This is the first Pilsner for me. There we go. Hmm.
2: I like that. Congratulations. How long have you been homebrewing?
1: Uh, about four years.
2: Okay. Four years first Pils
1: Yeah, that's bet that's that's acceptable. You know, is it your first lager? Uh no, I did an Oktoberfest, uh last year, but this is the best lager I've done. Well wow, cool. so okay. just
4: your second
3: logger. Okay, well done. Oh, hell yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, Brian Cooper, you look ready. <laughs> you your your engine is revved, baby. Yes. Let's go. Why don't you start us off?
3: <clears throat> yeah, on the nose I'm getting a, So sort of a nice nice hiss when we cracked the bottle there. Um getting a, a bit of a honey like note in the nose. Uh but also kind of right up front there's some some sulfur going on. And and you can have some sulfur in, in loggers. That's that's fine. A lot of times it's some um, uh, DMS, but um, in this case, I'm getting a little bit of that, um, the hydrogen sulfide sulfur. It's uh, an eggy kind of a note. Uh, but I set it down for a little bit, and I came back and smelled it later. And that, that's a really kind of uh, uh, fleeting aroma that, that can dissipate pretty quickly. So when we first opened it and poured it, and I hope Brian poured his and smelled it right away. Um, I did. <laughs> I smelled it. it and, it'll fade uh, before not, you know it's there, so like was that really there okay Uh, the malt is a nice low kind of graham crackery note Um, it has a low floral hop note no obvious esters um, not getting any buttery diacetyl or acetaldehyde any green apple pumpkin skin Um, the sulfur distracts a little bit but again it fades a bit as it sits for a while and uh, it's not not too prominent at this point at all it's been like what 47 seconds it's gone (laughs) Um, uh, appearance-wise, 49, yeah, pretty light yellow beer, um, creamy white head that persists for a good while, mostly finer bubbles. Um, you know, it's a nice looking beer for pills. Like the head could be a little longer lasting, but I, I still give it full points. It's got pretty, pretty nice clarity and, um, uh, seems like a good job there. Uh, flavor wise it's a lightly malty beer with a light pills malt character. I think it would like a little more of the Pills malt character uh, in there, but it's giving kind of a, a light honeygram note, uh, just not quite as much of that malt coming through as I, I'd hoped. A bit uh, watery seeming in a way. So it's either on the really on the light side for the style, or you know the malt is lacking just a little bit. It shouldn't be a super malty beer, but you don't <laughs> want it to seem like a, a light you know American or you know a light German a hard beer. seltzer uh, a light uh. beer.
4: Uh, so, uh,
3: the hops are low, floral, background-y, with very low bitterness. Uh, really soft and approachable beer. It seems cleanly cleanly lagered, uh, and the sulfur is really less of a distraction here uh, in this, the flavor. Uh has a, a semi-dry finish, I would say, bordering on pretty dry. Uh, and it is a well-attenuated beer, as you would want it to be. So, that's good. Um, a very light-bodied... Um, beer and the mouthfeel, medium-low carbonation, no warmth, not very creamy, uh, but it is quenching and crisp, um, smoothly drinkable with no astringency or any harsh characteristics at all. It's really smooth. So nice job there. It actually quenches and, and does does the job. Um, very nice. Um, you know, overall, hey, this is a good German pills. Your second lager, Wow, I wish my second lager had been this good. I
2: wish my first lager had been oh, wish man. my 12th
3: lager had been this good. So the main detractor is, is maybe the high initial sulfur in the nose. I would suggest giving the beer a little more lagering time to condition this out. And you may also consider to combat the what I perceived as the wateriness, and, and JP and Brian may disagree with me. Yeah, uh, bring up the happened. malt or the and or the ABV just a bit to increase the body just a touch and reduce the impression of that, that wateriness. But um, it was a really nice, um, you know, a very, very good beer. Uh, I give it a 35. All right, very good. Mr. Shark.
4: All right, yeah, I, uh, I like this beer quite a bit. Well done for being your second lager ever. I mean, wow, lagers are not uh, not always easy, so it's mm-hmm. a good job. Uh, mm-hmm. Aroma, uh, get a low Pills malt uh, aroma, uh, low spicy hop aroma, uh, no esters, uh, fruitiness, or, or off aromas. Uh, overall, aroma is a bit low, which I, I thought was interesting, but but it was good. Uh, I did get some sulfur, but I did not feel that any of it was inappropriate. I mm-hmm. think maybe my tolerance or acceptance of sulfur in lagers may be higher than, than Cooper's. I did don't you know. say
3: acceptance? Egg, oh, egg. Jesus Christ.
2: I, I
4: didn't, but I will retcon that that I did. I have a higher egg acceptance of hydrogen sulfide. Uh, maybe as a single guy, I just eat uh, eggs that uh, I don't go to the stores. I'm finishing that dozen, damn it. I'm finishing that Costco pack, no matter how, how stale they are. Uh, but no, I, I think that, frankly, I think that sulfur note is important for a logger just to kind of show that it is a lager. I mean, I associate yeah. that with, with a lager beer. Yeah.
3: lager use kicks off a good amount of sulfur. When you're smelling yeah. a healthy, vigorous lager fermentation, man, that it can smell gnarly sometimes. Oh, yeah.
4: You're thinking, oh, my God, what have I done? Uh, and that's just kind of what it does. So, But Aroma uh, gave 9 out of 12. Uh, appearance was a 3. It's crystal clear. Uh, low head uh, that is very persistent. Uh, very light uh, straw color, well done, uh, in three out of three. Uh, flavor, the uh, initial flavor is a sort of a crisp, crackery, Pills malt uh, with medium bitterness that comes up to balance in mid-palate. Uh, get a medium spicy hop flavor. It's well attenuated which I I really like, especially for a lager. I mean, that's just, that just shows that your, your process, you really have good, good control, your fermentation process and your fermentation regime. You're pitching enough yeast. You're fermenting at the right temperature. You're fermenting for long enough that this tastes like a lager and it is well attenuated. Uh, it's not some kind of sweet mess. So extremely well done (laughs) with the fermentation. I mean, we've all had home brewed lagers that are just not finished and it's, they're not pretty. Uh, the finish is long and balanced, uh, tilted slightly toward bitter, but overall pretty uh, pretty balanced. Uh, I think over compared to what it's interesting. I haven't read the guidelines for German Pilsner for a while. Hmm. When you look at the twenty fifteen guidelines, it says hop bitterness dominates the flavor. I mean, it's, it should be a high bitterness that dominates. That's kind of an interesting phrase, and I think that. Uh, I'll, I'll save a little bit of this comment for the overall impression, but a little more hot bitterness, I think, would be desirable. Uh, flavor, it gave it a 13. Mouthfeel, 5 out of 5. Uh, body is medium-low. I mean, I kind of, I, I, I don't, Brian talked about it being a little watery. I don't know that I agree. Did you say watery, Brian? And I putting words in yeah. your mouth? Uh, I, th- I remember you saying that. I don't, know that I would agree with it being watery, but kind of, uh, you know, I gave it 5 out of 5 for mouthfeel. I'm not going to change that now. I might step that down a point because it does, the body is a little lighter than I might want.
3: It is. Think like life beer or um, yeah. American lager kind of lightness, you know? Well, right. right. Yeah. And, it,
4: and it's consistent with my comment uh, with Aroma, that the Aroma overall is a bit low, Uh, Mm -hmm. so I, I think that maybe, uh, again, I'm going to keep it at a five, you know, thinking about this a little more, I might back, might've backed this off to like a four. Uh, carbonation is great. You know, it's medium high where you want it to be for this beer and it's hard, uh, hard when you're packaging homebrew, either if you're bottle conditioning or from a keg to get the carbonation this high. So that's, you know, good, good job on that. Uh, I get slight warming, just, just a hint. I uh, could have been imagining that. It might have been, maybe it was that Bourbon County stout. I don't know. It may have been that late, uh, <laughs> uh, you, late, late coming to the the warming. Uh, don't think this is creamy or astringent, uh, which I, certainly a pilsner should never be creamy. Right. It's not, not appropriate for that, nor should it be astringent. Uh, and I always think it's kind of interesting. You look at the mouthfeel, and like, are you having to pick one of the two? I mean, most beers, a lot of beers shouldn't be either one. Uh, but any event, five out of five. Overall impression gave it a seven. I think it's a well-made beer with excellent attenuation, especially for a lager. Uh, I think this there's good firm bitterness in this beer. I think a little more bitterness would push this more to the really crisp pilsner. That's kind of the platonic ideal of a German pils. I don't think it has to be like an IPA level. But I think there's maybe a little more, maybe 10% more might get you to where this is. Because it's, it's crisp, but I, I think I want just a
3: little bit more personally. Uh, I think you could do it with water adjustment as well. And if this water yeah, is very yeah. soft, like a, a Czech water, uh, you could add a little more sulfate to the mix to, to let it play off of that the hoppiness. And I think that's kind of what they distinguish, you know. In the guidelines, they you know the comparison is between this and the Czech premium pale lager, which is where yeah. the the Germans you know got this from. Yeah, and, and that's pretty um, right. You know, they their water's a little more um, you know sulfate rich and uh, not as not as you know mineral free as the Czech water. So it, the hops play differently. They're probably using a you know close to the same amount uh, the Czech. Beers use a lot of hops, but you, yeah. they don't come off as bitter and and, and sh- sharp like that.
4: Well, exactly. I'm looking forward to hearing Chris, about Christopher's recipe because, as far as we know, he's using a pound of saws in, like, you know a two-gallon <laughs> batch. So I don't know. But overall, I, I liked it, and I gave this uh, 37, uh, which is nice. a score of very good.
2: Okay. Yeah, um, I agree with, with everything you guys said 100%. Um, I feel like with the mouthfeel, this... Low or the 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 malt this low, the hops are coming across with a little bit of a cinnamon thing, and it's kind of very pleasant. Like it, it's it's for me, it's not a German pill but what it is 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 very good. It's it's something completely different and yeah. yeah, just like a tiny like not like oh with cinnamon imperial I can, cinnamon yeah, yeah but it's, I get that. It's just like a hint of it, and it's uh yeah, it's very good. I could honestly sit. This is kind of this would be my beer. I, I could sit. I'm, gu- beer, yeah. I'm guessing it's low ABV, and it's easy to drink, and it tastes very, very good. Chris, um, what's the alcohol? In yeah, this?
1: I'm getting the cinnamon there. Yeah, it's a uh, five and a quarter actually. So <laughs> wow, as low as you'd like it to be. <laughs>
2: yeah, I would have guessed honestly four and a half at the most. I was gonna so. say four for sure. Mm. Damn, bro. Yeah.
4: Sounds like somebody got owned. <laughs>
2: and it wasn't Christopher. Brian's We're trying to all be, wrong. Brian's trying to be cool again. Um, do me a favor, man. Uh, what's your recipe for this, Chris?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I did uh, nine pounds of German Pilsner. Um, this is a five-gallon batch, by the way. Uh, did one ounce of German traditional at 60 minutes, 90-minute uh, boil. And then I did one ounce of German Herzbrucker at five minutes. And then for the actually adjusted the water on this one, I used distilled water and added um, about 100 ppm sulfate and 85 ppm chloride. Okay. And and then I used the uh, Bohemian Lager yeast. with uh, Quite a big starter on that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so, pretty simple one.
2: Yeah. So how can he adjust the uh, the body? I wouldn't I wouldn't just say add base malt, right? Because I would bump the alcohol up, and I don't think you yeah. want. Uh, I, I think a, a Pilsner above 6% is insane.
3: Just, yeah, I mean, I think maybe it is that just having a little more um, hops there is going to help it play just a little bit mm. better. Um, yeah, yeah, that's sort of so a it, low, low it bittering hop bill. Sorry, Go ahead.
4: So that was kind of a low bittering hop bill.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree. It shouldn't come off as super it, bitter. But.
1: It did finish really low. Um mm-hmm. it's it started at uh ten forty three and ended at ten oh three. So that's wow. at that the very bottom. So, yeah, it's super, super dry. So I think yeah.
3: maybe it's finishing a little bit higher might help.
2: So what some like mm-hmm. Cara or carapil or something, just some body Well just yeah, getting there? it
3: to finish just a little higher and not dry okay. all the way out to bone dry. So how do you do that? Um, <laughs> well, go for <go> our <laughs> usual advice, and and maybe not. You know, I mean, it might be that that it was over pitched and just went crazy and drove it all the way down there. Mm. But um, I wouldn't suggest backing way off on the yeast amount. But in this case, if it was that massive pitch that you used, I mean, wow, it did a good job of getting the the lager to go and and do what it was supposed to. But you know, maybe the the yeast got a little lazy and kicked off a little more sulfur and doing just a little less and down that back could dry it out a little less and, and maybe even fix the sulfur and just you know, then just let it lager a little bit longer. You can leave it on there a little bit longer. But yeah, I don't know, it's
4: wow. You or know? like or like you were saying, Brian, maybe a little Carapils, Carafoam. Uh yeah, seem like quite tri- as fermentable. Tri- tri- yeah. That's yeah. a good idea, Brian. But I, I want to go, go back a little bit to what, because Brian, you were talking about the water with water. regard to the bitterness. Yeah. And he was talking about the 100 ppm of sulfites. Uh, sulfate. Sulfate, yeah, sorry. That fine. I, sulfite's a different thing that yeah. gives you a headache. And the uh, <laughs> 85 ppm of the, the chlorides. Sorry. And I wonder, because that's kind of a close to one to one. I mean, what do you think? Would, would you back off on. For a higher perceived bitterness, would you back off a little on the chlorides, maybe to fifty ppm?
3: Yeah, I mean the chlorides going to round out what sweetness is there, but in this case, what sweetness is left is very little anyway. So yeah, that's you true. know, uh, yeah, the mm-hmm. uh, you want to just you know get to the right calcium level for this and have it maybe be balanced more to the the sulfates, which it, it slightly is, but um, you know, I don't know that the chlorides are too high necessarily. It's it's not unreasonable level but um yeah okay play around with the water a little bit I would say that's probably part of the the key here um but yeah also just not having it dry out to almost zero that's, yeah. that's probably the key here Chris- <laughs> I, I, I don't know man yeah. I, mean,
4: I differ sorry i you I, 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 I almost I disagree with you a little in that i I think that a, a German pills really should be should be really well attenuated. Well yeah, it should be And dry. I, I'm always wary of especially at a homebrew level, having people back <laughs> off on their pitch. Yeah uh, And I guess because I, I, I just, hesitate I really, to say that too and, and I'm not, I don't'm not trying to be a jerk about it or anything. I'm just I don't know I'm so, that, thinking yeah. out loud here that I really like the attenuation on this beer. Um, right, and maybe it was just such. I mean, we, were, we weren't we were there. Maybe it was just such a massive pitch because you can over pitch even at a homebrew level. Yeah. it just doesn't happen that much.
2: Well, that was my going to be my question to Chris. Is Chris, do you feel like you over pitched, or it was too much yeast, or what's your gauge on that?
1: Uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure. Um, so actually, the this was like a two stage starter um mm-hmm. so i did my first one was the 1.3 liters and then i bumped that up uh with a put that into a one uh, i'm sorry a 3.5 liter mm-hmm. starter wow. um so it was i mean was a lot of, a uh, lot of work of for one for sure
3: one beer you're making three beers to get to the one yeah and uh what was <laughs> yeah.
1: the
2: what was the batch size again sorry
1: he said five it's five gallons yeah.
2: is that too much is that too much yeast in a five-gallon batch?
4: Well, did you pour off the the wort and just kind of keep the slurry mm-hmm. from your yeast starter?
1: Yeah, I definitely decanted, um, mm-hmm. and I did pitch it fifty, um, which I know is is not high for lagers, so I, I, I was yeah. hesitant to. That should be fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I'm gonna going to i to go
4: back to a, a a deep cut here on air as opposed to the one from off air before. Yeah. And when when uh, back when Doc was on the session. And he was brewing a lot of lagers, God, ten years ago, he yeah. would talk about making these ginormous starters for you know a ten gallon batch. Like, he would have like almost like a two gallon starter, and of course he'd pour off, he'd, he'd crash it, get all the yeast out of it. But you know he would make these gigantic starters and have mm-hmm. award winning lager. Yeah. So I mean, to me, that sounds like an appropriate amount. What about I'm mean, yeah. not an expert, but it's uh, on loggers. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like that's an appropriate amount to me. What You're
3: about the, the mash temp? I mean, the the mash temp is the other thing you can mess with a little bit. Was it on the lower side or? It
1: was, kind of, yeah, it, wrote, it was. about one fifty.
3: One fifty even. Yeah, I mean, you could go up to one fifty two, and it could you could save a couple points of gravity that way with the yeah. same yeast and fermentation. Mm-hmm. But but I mean, that, again, that's a fine point. It's a really nice beer. And I think we're we're just picking it at at nits here in a way, but That's to get what the it, shows about man Not to get it to the it. Yeah. yeah to the forty, mm-hmm. um, getting rid of that the the hydrogen sulfide and um, giving it just a little bit more body is going to help it. That's what I think. Okay. What
4: was your uh, fermentation temperature?
1: Yeah, so I, I pitched at a uh, fifty degrees. Uh, let it sit there for. About five days and I slowly ramped it up to sixty, let it sit there for three days, and then I slowly crashed it down to about thirty eight. Okay. So, yeah. Good job keeping that. The... Like you know, I weeks.
4: also might consider, you know, you, you said you used the bohemian yeast. Now the Bohemian mm-hmm. implies like a Czech beer. Hmm. And I don't know, you might experiment with and it. it sounds I mean this this beer really was a, a good attenuator and you know good flavor and what have you. Uh you might try one of the more specific just as you're experimenting and playing around with your beer. You might try more of a German style Use the German yeast. lager yeast, yeah. Use the German lager yeast instead and see what kind of results that get you. Yeah. Okay. Weinstefana. Okay. Give it uh, a shot. Was it uh Mike McDowell always swears by what is it, the the uh, white the uh White Lab's Bach, Was it, the eight thirty eight? Oh yeah. Uh, and mm. I use the that, that one quite a bit when I do lagers, and it works pretty well i mean there 's a lot of options from all the major yeast manufacturers, for yeah German options, but you might try one that 's more specifically identified as a German yeast as opposed to a Bohemian yeast because that might give you a little a, a little change in sulfur and a little more of a quote
3: German flavor profile. Yeah, yeah. No, but Chris, this this beer has definite promise, and I think oh, yeah, for sure. You, you seem like a thoughtful and and uh, deliberate brewer, and you know everything you do has some thought behind it. So you know, keep keep exploring this path. You're doing something right here for sure, and you can dial it in and get get to a a competition worthy beer real quick. <laughs> yeah.
2: Hey, Chris, did you uh, drop that Bourbon oh. County for us? Uh, no That's the uh, other Chris Alright, well, okay. well then get out of here
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. no, <laughs> no one cares, dude All good? Does it help? <laughs> yeah, you good? You straight? Yeah, thank you guys so much uh, really
2: appreciate it. Yeah, cool. Thanks for staying
1: up Thanks, man us.
2: Yeah Thank you, sir See you, Chris Thanks, bye Yeah, that was a good beer yeah. I swear to God I did yeah. not think that was 5.5% no, no, me neither yeah. It's almost it's, a cruel joke
4: uh, like, Because
2: uh, it's uh, just It was uh, perfect
3: Well, fine, yeah I thought
4: It's really hard to make a a lager, and for this being his second lager, uh, it's really really well done. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I agree. All right, we're going to take a quick break, everybody, and then we're going to come back. We're going to try some American Strong Ale with another Chris on Dr. Homebrew. Hang on.
0: Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. The leader in
2: affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com.
0: back to the examination.
2: Hey everybody, thanks a lot for tuning in, or staying with us, or doing whatever, doing whatever you're doing man, I I appreciate it.
3: Epic cursing on on JP's part during the break. I don't
2: know man, every time I figure out I'm going to have to do a bunch of work, I hate it. I hate it
4: Stupid work
2: Work's, Work is dumb dude. Work sucks I don't know Whatever We got uh, Chris Back on the line From the earlier show Chris are you uh, Are still you awake late. still? Oh yeah I'm still here Hell yeah Cool dude. You're like yeah I'm, What am I I'm going to sleep pro, What are you talking man. about?
4: So Chris While I'm thinking about it I totally <laughs> forgot to ask you In the last show Because we haven't Recorded one of these For so long uh, Are you in a homebrew club?
5: No I'm a I'm a lone wolf
4: that's three, 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 two episodes. You guys should all get together from these, this episode and the previous episode, and start your own homebrew club. And I'm going to give you the give you the name free of charge. Just use this. You'll be called the Lone Wolves. That's I get so much gi- for work. This is gold, and I'm just giving it away. So you're that lone is true. <laughs>
2: Never has so much gold been given away. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the, the Brewers
3: formerly known as the Lone Wolves. Exactly. Well, right. do you,
4: you remember the yeah. X-Files, and there was that awful spinoff called The Lone Gunman, and there were those three <laughs> idiots <laughs> that were all buddies? Yeah. And they were What's going on, Brian they were the Lone Gunman. It's funny. We got a gusher.
2: A little gusher? All right. That's all right. That's all right. That happens. Hopefully... Oh, that's, that's what she yeah. said. Yeah. All right, uh, Sorry, all right must, Mr. Must Sharp. In the
4: second show if I busted yeah, that one out. That, was, that sure. was beneath the dignity of Dr. Homebrew. I apologize on behalf of... Are you saying I opened that beer prematurely? Uh, no, I would not say that to use your face in person. <laughs> that that wouldn't be appropriate. Uh, all right, Brian so,
2: Sharp, start us off here, bud. Please. All right,
4: so... Um, this was a little, little bit of a gusher on opening here in the studio. I had that uh, at, at, at home a little earlier today. Uh, the aroma, uh, hop aroma is kind of medium, uh, citrusy. Uh, had a low to medium ethanol aroma, which is consistent with this being uh, American Strong Ale. Uh, surprisingly, kind of a low malt aroma and uh, no off aromas. And I'll just say, up front, you know, it's interesting, usually you have a gusher, whether it's a mild gusher or not, uh, and it usually implicates wild yeast, wild bacteria, you yeah. have some form of phenol. I almost always expect
3: a phenolic,
4: yeah. like gnarling, plastic, plastic, smoky, yeah. maybe some Clothes, sour, whatever. This medicine. is still clean. Yeah. This is still a clean beer, so, uh, and I'll, I'll skip ahead a little bit, you know... This is, a strong, this is a strong ale, a lot of fermentables in here, uh, a lot of things. I, I suspect that your fermentation wasn't quite done when you packaged, but your packaging technique is, is, is sanitary enough that your yeast in suspension continued the fermentation without the wild stuff making it phenolic
3: and nasty. So, Chris, we'd like to thank you for keeping your package sanitary. <laughs> Uh, uh, we hope the, you didn't use any any uh, uh, star sin or PBW to make that happen. But
4: this is the this is the end of the second show, isn't yep. it? This is uh, kind of what happens. Uh, but yes, we uh, always. Keep, it sounds like this is two shows in a row that this could be a manscaping live read
3: again with the manscaping. Yeah, exactly. Let's not give any
2: free plugs here, Brian. All right. Come on, let's the go. We gotta gotta
4: give them a taste so they yeah. want to sponsor this. Uh, okay, appearance. So I gave the Roma seven out of twelve. Uh, appearance 3 out of 3, head is medium, and actually the, in this, uh, the pour we just had, the head is gigantic, uh, tan, kind of an ivory uh, color, very persistent. Uh, this beer, uh, this sample is a little more murky than the one that I had at home, but it was never crystal clear, some haze here, not like in a, a hazy IPA sense, but there is some sort of a, a murkiness to this. Colors medium amber. I had uh, given the appearance three. If I were scoring this uh, sample here, I might give it more of a two uh, due to the the sort of murkiness of the sample. But I'm going to keep this what I scored it. Uh, Flavor. Uh, Flavor starts off with kind of a low caramel uh, toffee malt character. Uh, In mid-palate, the bitterness rises to... uh, kind of balance, maybe even a little bit more than balance. Uh, it's really well attenuated. The finish is long, and it's balanced toward bitterness. I'm going to take a sip of this one as opposed to the one that I had about like three hours ago. Hang on just a second, because there's nothing like dead air while some guy's drinking beer. That's
2: true. It happens a lot here, and, uh, you know, we've come to embrace it. Hmm. Uh,
4: the hop flavor is fairly low a little more would be desirable for this style i gave this a 10 out of 20 uh mouth feel what's really interesting is this um probably because the head on this one was so huge uh and this did this did gush some up but the one that i had at home uh, did also uh the body is really kind of almost characterized this as watery not because of the body per se but because the carbonation on this is super low in this sample the one that i, I scored earlier had uh, medium carbonation i'd say medium body i'm going to stick with that uh there's uh, low warming which is kind of surprising for a strong ale i expected more of a warming sensation uh not creamy I got a slight perception of astringency from alcohol. Again, I'm not getting that from this sample. Uh, And there's probably some bottle-to-bottle variation in, uh, you know, especially I'll be curious about your packaging and how that happened. There can be stratification when you're you're bottling, uh, whether you're bottling from the keg or especially if you're bottling from the fermenter. You can get some stratification in terms of alcohol depending on how long it takes and so forth. I give it four out of five. Overall impression, uh, despite being a gusher, I didn't get off flavors on this sample or on the one that I had at home. So again, your packaging process is, is really, you, you've got a good control over your sanitation, uh, and that's an excellent foundation for anything you're doing in, in home brewing. Um, for an American Strong, I really want more malt complexity, uh, hop flavor, and hop aroma. You know, one of the classic examples is the Stone Arrogant Bastard, uh, and this is certainly not not every American Strong has to be a clone of Arrogant Bastard. I'm not saying that at all, but right. the Bastard has, you know, it's it's big. Right? It's got a lot of uh, complexity in the flavor and the aroma, not just in hops, but of of malt. Uh, and I'm just not quite getting that from from this beer, uh, and I think maybe something that might solve some of those issues is making sure that you've got the beer fully fermented before you bottle. Uh, thankfully, this is not. There, there was just a little bit of a gusher. There was not an issue of you know, overpressure, bottle bombs, what have you. Uh, but there's a, a not just a flavor, but a safety issue uh, for yourself and for others when you're 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 bottling.
3: No uh, ceilings were harmed in the opening of this. T-
4: uh, beer. No no <laughs> closets, no ceilings, what what have you. Uh, And it's, I I, I think, especially when you're making a big beer like this, you want to either make sure it's sitting in that fermenter for a couple of weeks, you've got a good fermentation. Better yet, use your uh, refractometer, use your hydrometer, check check your OG, check your final gravity, see if the beer is down to where you think it ought to be based on the published attenuation percentage of your yeast. Uh, And if it's not quite there you know maybe warm it up a little bit uh you know do wait a little longer do something and be sure it's fully fermented out before uh, before packaging uh so overall impression was a 5 uh overall gave it a 29 that's a score of good uh i, I nothing really i think bad about this beer uh it just needs uh, some some fine tuning to get to uh, being a really good example of the style yeah Tell us how you really feel, Brian. (laughs) That's my job. I told you
3: how I really felt. All right, Cooper. You do such a nice job of of being diplomatic here. (laughs) I'm going to give you the straight uh, Uh, scoop here.
2: He's been through a divorce. What do you want?
3: Yeah. Uh, Not Okay. Uh, So, yeah, the, the foam crept up out of the neck upon opening. And it's hard as a judge not to let that color your impressions of the beer. And I wanted to find that nasty, gnarly, plasticky or medicinal phenolic in the beer. And likewise, I did not. It was not there. Uh, so had it open with a nice, slightly fruity, uh, medium-high, piney, resiny hop. Notes up front, a uh, little caramelly, like bready and toasty malt uh, in the nose. Uh, yeah, those, it's you know the hops and the, the, the malt are kind of nice in, in a nice balance with each other there's some firm alcohol apparent uh not too heavy but it's there um again i was was searching for the phenolic i really don't think it was there but i wrote faint phenolic no i think it was just like the I, i i convinced myself that the resiny hop character was maybe a little phenolic but it wasn't i i was i was looking for something that wasn't there but um the aroma was pretty inviting but uh, there was something that just maybe seemed a little out of place. Again, I'm trying to find that that gnarliness. Can't um, find it. It's, yeah. Appearance-wise, um, this is where I can knock it down. It, it, the head was interesting. It came up as a massive frothy attack of very large bubbles ensuing immediately upon pouring and it rises up and then it fades really quick as it's just like, as one of those heads just like comes up and then it goes down. Yeah, they were like thick, uh,
2: like big, kind of bigger bubbles. Bigger right, bubbles yeah.
3: and they dissipate and they kind of crackle and pop and fall apart. So, like, there's not enough, um, you know, something in the proteins is kind of broken down that won't sustain the head. Um, so, I don't know what's going on in there, but, um, you know, it faded really quick. It's pretty murky. Both samples I mm-hmm. had were very hazy. There's a lot in suspension here. Um, I, so maybe you know, it was a little Brian struggled to get down to the, a two on appearance, mm-hmm. but I knocked it straight down to a one. I'm sorry. Yeah, I give, you
4: show no mercy, man.
3: I give one point for clarity, one point for the head, and one point for the, the color being right. But basically, here's my head. Basically. I mean, it's still there. Yeah. Yours is all right. Yeah. So, Okay. Maybe I can go one and a quarter.
2: There we go. See, Chris, don't ever say
3: I don't battle for you, buddy. <laughs> um, but flavor-wise, I got into the flavor. It's pretty nice. It has a pleasant kind of dark caramelly malt yeah. with a little resiny piney hop. I agree. That's at a medium-high level, as it should be. Uh, fairly firm bitterness. Finishes semi, well, semi-dry. Actually, pretty dry. Um, I don't know. What do you think, JP? Dry? Yeah, I think it's a little
2: too dry. Um, it's pretty dry. It's a little in the aroma, I get like a little plum. Yeah, so like I'm getting fruity, like, but stone fruity. And I think I think that kind of just I don't know. I, th- yeah. I, th- I I would bet there's a little contamination, but I think there's too much malt going on because uh, isn't isn't a little cloudiness sort of indicative of it
3: it can be something living but, in there yeah it's not not necessarily
2: so you got the cloudiness you got the 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 attack the, the attack, strong attack of the head
3: the creeping up in the neck but
2: no uh but no off flavors detectable but i think cuz mm. there's so much going on in this beer maybe you can't taste it's it
3: it's hidden yeah so there but there is some sweetness in the beer that that comes from that the caramelly stuff in there i believe yeah um and that's very so pleasant. The, it's the, like toasty and know, yeah being over you know maybe a little over attenuated it still has enough sweetness to kind of rescue that um you know it seems like it was a cleanly fermented ale otherwise uh with some um uh, you know a little bit of fruitiness in there and um in a way though it's just, it i don't know i don't want to say watery because it's a kind of a big beer but like that's not when watery I, but no thin thin is Damn. maybe a better word and when i when i expect and I love American bastard. When I when I drink a, an American strong ale, it's hard for me not to compare it to that. Yeah. And that always has it's a it's it's a semi dry finish in that beer, but it, it has the impression of sweetness and boldness and richness. And I I even like them as they age past the the date that it says on the bottle, not to drink them past. Sometimes I like right. them better then because that has that malty sweetness that comes across, sure. and the hops have mellowed out a little mm-hmm. bit, and it's in a nicer balance well, for me. What can we do here?
2: Or yeah, what did you give um, it to me?
3: So, um, yeah, mouthful wise medium-bodied, should be fuller, just a bit of a bite, but not harshly stringent. There's no creaminess, uh, pretty low warmth. Uh, overall, it's a good attempt in at American Strong Ale, just mostly feels lighter than it should be, and a bit, um, well, over-attenuated, I guess. Um, the hops you used are nice, the malts are, uh, are pretty nice too, but... Um, yeah, I, had, I struggled with this one to give to give good feedback. Um, work to fix that haze, of course, um, and I don't know the the you know something with the proteins or something that's not uh, that the head the head did such a weird thing. See, I mean, Brian and I, in,
2: in our glasses, we still have head. You do not. I don't. That's know. very weird. Yeah. yeah, and the one, but that you I had the earlier. first pour.
3: I wonder yeah. if that may, had anything to do with it. Yeah, the top third of the bottle ta- is it Yeah, I don't know. I can pour some more. I, I gave it a thirty though. It's um, it's it's just not quite there. I think I'd like a little more firmly rich uh, malt and alcohol, and um, yeah. You beat that up more than
4: me, and you gave it a point higher than I did. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, that like, was, the, that I like the be style. Being diplomatic, yeah. I, guess. <laughs> well, I mean, you, it's it's kind of, Is it you know, compare it to I, your kick my own ass ale? Right. No.
3: Yeah, it's probably better than the one I had on the other mm. show. Uh, but I really like the hops that were used in this beer. I'd like to know what was in there. Um, is it, uh, like a Chinook or something, you know, a little gnarly and kind of grape. There's a grapefruitiness in there that I like with the resin. Yeah. So, you know, what kind of hops were used? Uh, what did it finish at? I'd l- really like to know. All right. Well, what let's, was the recipe? let's get the recipe. Chris.
5: All right. So you guys pretty much nailed it. Um, again, um, you guys are pretty amazing. Um,
3: yes. I was trying All to,
5: right, to emulate the arrogant bastard. Um, clone. And um, I did have some issues. I'll run through the recipe, then I'll tell you about my bottling. And I think I know where the issue is I did, uh, because I couldn't find any um, out of place things that call for a contamination, but I did have some bottling issues. Um, mm-hmm. But so my my grain bill, once again, was a two and a half gallon batch from the Pico Brew. Um, I used uh, eight and a half pounds of American two row. And then I did a half a pound of the Belgian Special B. Um, I mashed in at 148 degrees for sixty or for sixty minutes, and then I did all Chinook hops, um, starting at the sixty-minute boil with a, a quarter ounce, and then I did a half ounce at forty-five, a half ounce at fifteen, and then a half ounce at uh, five minutes in the boil.
3: Such a distinctive um, then hop, then thank I, you. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chinook in this beer, though. That like the hop is what partially rescues this.
5: Yeah, and I and I I love arrogant bastard, and I mm-hmm. just when I tasted it, I brewed this in the beginning of September, and um, I just had um, I just I tasted good, but it's just definitely not there. It's not. It mm-hmm. doesn't. I've had both arrogant bastards. I even found some in the in the store that was relatively similar in and date of what I brewed, and I just I knew I was off. Yeah. Um, but it was just it's just it's kind of there, but it's not there. Right. Um So I used the the. WLP07 uh, dry English Ale Um the mm-hmm. yep. original gravity was a 1062. I finished at a 1010. Um so that nice. dried out pretty pretty yeah. good. Um but I think uh to get to my bottling um once again from the previous show Tony, about my um, uh about my stout, but this one here once again is like I kept losing carbonation in my te- in my kegs. And for some reason, it was just like I couldn't. There was no leak, or there was no nothing. So I had to bend, and I had to do bottle conditioning. But what was really weird is that this beer already had some carbonation in it, and then, but it wasn't fully carbonated. So I ended up putting in, um, you know, the 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 dextrose and and bottled from there. Mm. And I think I just over-carbonated the beer, mm. and I think that's where I'm, I got a lot of my issues um, because I still I couldn't find any. Off flavors, but I yeah. just think that's where I miss missed completely because even I have two more at my house, and uh, when I open them up, it's the same thing. It's like it, it feels like it's just got that bittering from the carbonation. It's just like I feel like it's almost like a Belgian style, and not really like my yeah. an yeah, and it makes it feel really thin,
3: carbonic bite, and just yeah, yeah. I mean, carbon dioxide in water is an acid. It's a solution. That, it's an acidic. It's a weak acid, but it is acidic, and it makes it sharper than the beard would otherwise be, for sure.
4: I, I have a dumb question for you. Did you follow Jamil's recipe for the Arrogant Bastard clone from Can You Brew It? Uh,
5: the, actually, the last recipe I tried to follow, um, I, this is my second attempt, and the first time I did it, it was I put too much sp- Special and I think I don't know what I did. I must have uh, <laughs> really high that day. Oh, every Green every home brewer bean. does at
4: least one beer with too much special B. It's a rite of passage,
3: but it does. It gives it that yep. nice raisiny note in there that you want. So yeah. I mean, that's you. You want a little special B in this beer for sure. Would you, would you lighten then, it so up, I Brian? Because, yeah.
5: yeah, I was going to ask that. Like, would you guys? Bump, bump up the Special B on this, because the last time, I think I did like 11%, and it was just like... I, oh, God, I never do 11%.
4: Sp- oh, yeah, that's... Oh, God, no. 11%. But what percentage of Special B is it now?
5: um It's a half a pound in a out of a nine-pound or a nine patch. Oh, <sighs>
4: I wouldn't go much higher than that. that. I mean, if you yeah. want more Special B I it's... Maybe add another ounce or two, but, man, you a d- little of that goes... I think you're probably about the upper limit of Special B right you now. You don't want
2: any more. No. No. I okay. mean, m- maybe some Crystal right. Malt. Let maybe bump that yeah. up a little bit, but Special B is...
4: Yeah, like a Crystal 180 yeah. or something, 150, a- a like a little of that, 120, like a high level of bond Crystal yeah. that's going to give you some more layering of flavors yeah. that isn't going to be Special B. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I would even go like say a seventy-five, eighty, maybe yeah, because you want like something that. in the mid-range.
5: Something maybe, yeah. Something yeah. maybe a hundred-ish. Did you have what, not...
2: what crystals did you have in there? I know you said Chris, but I tuned out.
5: I had I had no crystal in there, just a special B. Okay, well, and yeah, then too,
2: then you could do what I was talking about. I think on e- either with the I forget, I forget what I was talking about, but mm. do a crystal forty and a crystal eighty. Okay. And, and the special beef, So you can yeah. layer some of those in there. Dagger crystals. Yeah, or a crystal forty and a crystal one twenty. You should also go back to the um Colin Kaminsky show years and years ago, the his hundred grain recipe.
4: <laughs> if you oh, if God, you can yes. sit and
2: do it for ten minutes, it's just the
4: it worst show.
2: Yeah, it works really well where you just you break down the percentages into single grains. So if you have, you know, you sixty percent of your beer is you know marisotter. You have sixty grains of maris, and then you take all those in your hand and you just put them in your mouth and you sort of chew it and you just let your the uh, saliva break down the starches and con- sort of convert this. It kind of gets a little sweeter, and you get a pretty decent idea of of at least the layering qualities in this. Yeah. I love it might color. work, it might not. I mean, you have you'll have three crystal malts in there at that point, and that might not be good for your teeth, but.
3: <laughs> um, yeah so my my malt bill for my my kick your own ass is uh, 80% percent 84 percent two row 10.6 percent crystal 90 3.6 percent flaked oats 1.8 percent dark Munich um, with a little acid malt to get the the mash pH uh, down a little bit, mm-hmm. so um, that's just what um, what Pico Brew did with what I gave them for my Arrogant Bastard clone, and it's kind of amped up from there. But anyone's interested can try the kick your own ass ale on there and and brew it better than I did, mm. um, and not let your yeast sit around for too long <laughs> and without refrigerating it, and, mm. and you'll, you'll have hopefully have good results. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, have some fun with it and, and um, you know, take, take this recipe and twist it around a little bit. And I think you've got a good start for sure. Like, the hops are right. Uh, There's something a little weird with the, the overcarbonation is playing weirdly with it. So Yeah, yeah. and
4: I think it's one of the – it's always frustrating when you have keg issues and whatever. So kudos to you for sticking with it and not just dumping everything. And it's – it, stuff like that, you just got to deal with it when you're home brewing. And it's part of the – Part of, in some sense, part of the fun of the hobby is you got to figure out how to deal with things when they go wrong. Uh, not that we don't all have jobs and we have to figure out how we deal with stuff when they when it goes wrong. It's true, uh, but you know you you got to just figure out how to handle it. You did a good job with that, and I think just fixing those issues. Which you know, you'll you'll get that you know chased down and, and worked out. Yeah, uh, just stuff like that is going to probably buy you five plus points uh, on your beer right there with nothing
5: else.
2: For sure, Chris, do you have anything else uh, that has not been said before already?
5: No, I think I'm pretty good. If you guys think that the hops are uh, the hop schedule is good and it had a good uh, presence in the in there, because I'm just I've been struggling with the Pico Brew. I feel like um with my old system I haven't I, I was getting more hop flavor and aroma where now with the pico brew I'm I'm I feel like I'm missing it but everybody else tells me my beers are good but if you guys mm-hmm. are saying that I had a good schedule and a good presence in them then maybe I'm it's just my palate and I need to adjust a little bit
3: well, you can set the um, pico up to do that. a little a little whirlpool too and uh, you know there's there's with the you have the the zymatic or the z what what are you working with I have the zymatic zymatic yeah so you can like actually set it up and just pull out the, you know, set up a pause in the in the thing and set it up so it it'll do a whirlpool at one eighty five for twenty minutes and you just yeah. pull the whole thing out yeah. and put the whole thing back in with loaded with hops and let it go with that too. I mean, I've yeah. had mixed results with it. Sometimes it, it comes through right. I do agree. Sometimes the, you know, with the pico brew, it's like the hops just instantly vanish because because the 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 wort is flowing through it. And then the work moves somewhere else, and it's as if the hops all disappeared from your quote kettle, you know. Mm. So it's kind of a different animal, and you have to work with it to get the hop levels right on some of these, these really hoppy beers. But yeah. it's you know it's worth the challenge. You can definitely get there. Yeah,
4: it's like like any time you change your brewing system or brewing equipment, and you make a major change. You have to get used to it, and it you, there are unexpected changes to your workflow and everything else, and. Like, my first time was like, oh, oh, crap. I mean, it's simple, and I'm doing it back to doing it in my kitchen. And there's just things that I was so used to doing outdoors in a 10-gallon batch that all of a sudden I'm scrambling to do whatever in my kitchen. or do, And it's not that it's good or bad. It's just different, and it takes some time to get used to differences.
2: That's right, Chris. Don't ever forget that. These are
3: life lessons. <laughs> I well, appreciate it. Know, we're not just doctors of
4: homebrew; we're doctors of
3: life, like that's Doctor true. Like Dr. Phil. That's yeah. true. Thanks for being so receptive to our our bagging on your beers today. But, <laughs> no, I mean really, no, you're, you're doing great. your beers are clean. You're doing a good job, and, and yeah, man. And again, mostly just a balance balance issues and a little carbonation issue.
4: Yeah, please <laughs> please send us some more of your beers. Uh, you know, in 2020, we look forward to drinking some of those. Is this one a public recipe, by the way?
5: Uh, this is a public recipe, what? too,
4: yeah. the name of this beer is?
5: This is called Captain Chinook. Captain Chinook. Mm, all right.
2: I love it. All right, Chris, if that's it, we'll let you go, man.
5: All right, thanks, guys. Have all a right, good dude. Night. Cheers, Later, good night. Man. Thanks, Bye.
2: Chris. Excellent.
5: Or
3: morning where he is.
2: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks a lot. This has been Dr. Homebrew for January. I appreciate you very much for tuning into this show. If you want to get on the show, like Brian was saying earlier, email brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. Uh, the show can't exist without you, so if you want to hear more fun stuff like this, take a gamble, send in your beer. We're not all that bad. It's brian, all fine. Brian
3: with an I, by the way, with an I. Don't email the Y guy. He won't answer you. Don't do that. Oh, yeah, he might. You never know.
4: Email us with the correct spelling. There you go. With the up.
2: Alright everybody, thanks a lot for tuning in and until next time, we'll see you.